As the summer concert season comes to a grinding halt and fall shows up, it's time to go to concerts indoors. That's right. Some the, indoor shows. Mm, fall tours. And if you've never been to said venue before, you know where you can go? Venue Llama. That's right. Llama, tell you about a new resource called VenueLlama.com. It's com. where live music fans share helpful venue insider venue reviews and information based on our experiences. What? It's a place where pro showgoers can quickly review venues and exchange seriously helpful venue intel with one another. Head over to VenueLlama.com today and sign up for your free Llama account and start reviewing venues today. Review venues in their Llama base, upload photos in their Llama gallery, and add your favorite scene-friendly businesses, websites, or podcasts to the Friends page. You can even go to their YouTube channel and watch a bunch of really cool Venue Llama YouTube stuff or and don't forget to listen to their podcast that they have as well and I, follow them on Instagram because they have a pretty cool page that they do snippets of their um, what you just said Apple <laughs> YouTube, <laughs> YouTube <stuff>. podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. podcast and YouTube stuff yeah they got a lot going on this is the place where you can go if you've never been to a venue before to find out all about it or if you've been to a venue a bunch of times and you know like all the secrets I have can, a secret for Dick's Sporting Goods what 217 if you want the hookup and put in a section 217 no 115 it, okay no this 117 <laughs> was the first night okay that was where we were the first night so put that in venue llama and we'll be set and also remember to put a pin in your car where you park so you don't get lost yes anyway like venue llama.com go there today sign up sometimes you just want good food that yeah. you didn't cook yourself absolutely and sometimes you just want it fresh and local yeah for sure if you live in portland you got three locations of fire on the mountain to quench that desire Absolutely. in your belly. And if you live in Denver, you got two locations. If you live in Bend, there is one coming soon to a city near you called Bend. They're bringing the deliciousness to Bend. That's right. Fire on the mountain is not just famous for their wings, you know? What are they, they have for? sandwiches, vegan wings, awesome salads, or serious legit pizza at the Fremont location here in Portland. So their fries are hand cut. The bacon is the thickest they can find. Bacon. And the ranch and blue cheese is made in house daily. You said bacon. Bacon? Bacon? <laughs> I like bacon. You, like you want some bacon? Um, well, that bacon is thick. That's right. <laughs> no it matter is. what kind of <laughs> it is. And if you're not in one of those cities, you can go to portlandwings.com, order their sauce, get some of their swag, and it'll be sent right to your door. You can have a whole Grateful Dead family created fire on the mountain experience in your home with the magic of the internet and the USPS or US UPS or whatever, however it gets there. So you get the point, right, Apple? <laughs> I get the point. And just make sure to leave room for dessert. But do that because their desserts are off the fam chain. Famous in my mind anyway. So you go over there and check it out. Three here in Portland, two in Denver, one soon in Bend, and I heard maybe Tokyo too someday. So anyway, <laughs> fire on the mountain. You like mushrooms? Yeah. You do? Cute little, the I ones like that Smurfs live in? No, not the ones that Smurfs live in. Like the ones that help you feel better, have a better attitude, uh, get through the mental fog. Absolutely. I love those. Increase your focus. Well, our friends over at Melt Premium Mushroom Chocolates are hooking you up. <laughs> premium Mushroom Chocolates? That's what I said. Melt Premium <laughs> Mushroom Chocolates. They're hooking you up. They what, are. What are they hooking us up with? 
10 different flavors of bars. Each bar contains four grams of their sacred mushroom blend grown with the intention of reverence. They aim to honor this ancient medicine by using only the finest organic fair trade and sustainably grown ingredients. They grow all their own mushrooms and do all the chocolatiering in-house. So each bar contains lion's mane, which has a list of health benefits that I'm not going to read you. You know what they are. They are 100% organic, vegan, gluten-free, and they have recycled packaging. There are 10 flavors. So follow them on Instagram at Melt Mushrooms. That's plural. M-E-L-T-M-U-S-H-R-O-M-S. And DM them on Instagram and tell them No Simple Road sent you. You are going to get $20 off your first order. They also have 10 packs if you want to get a 10 pack. And they have their new mushroom capsules that they're shipping. Right on. So if you're not into the whole mushroom chocolate thing, you can actually control your microdose with your mushroom capsule thing. So go check them out. Melt mushrooms. Last but certainly not least, Shop Tour Bus is serving up the online lots. Coolest, Grateful Dead, Inspired, T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. Head over to ShopTourBus.com or at ShopTourBus over on the Instagrams. And you're going to see Grateful Dead, Inspired T-shirts told in the form of picture that come to your house in an all-over printed box with love and intention in the packaging. And a bunch of cool shit on the inside. You never know what kind of cool shit you're going to get. There's all kinds of tchotchkes. I've got action figures, Hot Wheels, all kinds of stuff. And some of you will possibly get a miracle bootleg, keeping the magic alive on cassette tapes. Well, and there's one more thing that I just saw that they're doing. They're putting a QR code on their signed um, by, you know, whoever packed this box so you can listen to the song of the shirt that you got. Oh, wow. That's oh, that, really cool. Yes, it is. Okay. Shop Tour Bus is just taking it up a notch. Hey, and check this out. They're taking it up another notch by giving you the promo code No Simple Road, all one word. When you check out, that means you get free shipping from the family over at Shop Tour Bus. Go check them out. ShopTourBus.com. No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve, they've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. No simple road. Yeah, here we go. Why are you laughing? Because we're being silly. Why are you being silly? Because we we like like it. 
<laughs> fun is cool. Well, and you know what? If you like fun, you're going to really like this week's episode. Hey, now, No Simple Road family, this is Aaron. This is Mel. And this is Apple. And we are back for another episode of No Simple Road in your ear holes. Here we are. Dancing around your tympanic membranes. And today <laughs> is a special, wonderful, fun, beautiful guest, Andy Thorne. Thanks, Andy, for spending time with us. Andy Thorne is from Leftover Salmon. I am not talking about the food. I'm talking about the band. And if you don't know who they are, you've been sleeping under a rock. Because If you don't know who they are, pause this. Go on Spotify or wherever you get your music. Listen to some live stuff and then come back and then listen to Andy Thorne. You would appreciate it so, so much because he's a monster he on is, that banjo. He's a monster. And a beautiful he, monster. He has a uh, a fox spirit that, that comes out every morning when he plays his banjo <laughs> and sits with him as it whisks away into the darkness that's such a special thing and I, how I know, cool is that i know that he said that there's a lot of them around but it's still a special relationship between yeah. that fox and that specific instrument and him it, yeah it, if you it, it's you, like all the elements were right if you haven't seen what i'm talking about he, he follow andy himself on instagram i, I think it's Thornpipe. It, yeah it's, it's underscore thorn pipe underscore okay Cool. Go follow, go check that out. You'll see like he does these sunrise banjo sessions on Instagram and this fox comes out and chills with him every morning and lays down and listens to him play banjo. And in this episode, you will hear the answer to how the hell Mayor McCheese's head ended up as the mascot for leftover salmon. All these things and more mm-hmm. you will find out in this episode of No Simple Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're that, that's it. Well, you've, you've seen this, but that's pretty dope. He is an avid skier and he's got his own skis that are becoming available Powder for Fox. sale. Cool. Soon. Yeah. It's a dope design. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things he talks about that in the show too. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of fun little tidbits. Listen, here's the deal. We are um, getting ready to leave for Cascade Equinox Festival. If you have not purchased tickets for said festival and you are in this area, you're a day late. And it's fine. You still got time. Saturday and Sunday are going to be magical days out there. Friday's going to be amazing. But this is happening right now, and you're probably at work and whatever. You can't go right now. You can get single-day tickets. You can get a yes. ticket for Saturday, and you can get a ticket for Sunday. On Saturday, No Simple Road is going to be appearing on the Cosmic Drip stage from Cosmic 4 to 5 p.m. And then Pretty Lights is playing, like, right after us, not too long. And... uh and then on, on Sunday, Goose is playing, man. And just go look at the lineup. Go Come hang out with us. Cascade. This lineup it's is be deep. Dope. Yeah, it's going to be thick. Anyway, we're going to do the business and get you to this interview with Andy. Follow No Simple Road on Instagram. Go to our website. Get some merch. Sign up for our newsletter. Um, get a tarot reading by Mel and I. Go over to patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road. That is where the No Simple Road community gathers. And if you are not a member of Patreon, you didn't get to hear Side Roads, which is a whole other podcast that's produced by producer Corey. And you didn't get to hear my mom be interviewed, which was super cool. I Can I just say one thing? about my mom. Slow your roll, babe. I feel like you're <laughs> on a train. I just had a going, big old cup of coffee. Like you, I feel <laughs> like you're podcasting by yourself. <laughs> and I also feel like you're trying to hurry up so you can do something else. No, I got nothing to do. I, I, no, and nothing you said is bad. I'm just saying. He's got like, that coffee going through. I, I know. I just, just like, give it a, dang, he's giving it 111%. I, 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 that's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> Slow your roll, so anyway, baby. Go, go to Patreon. Yeah, here, and, have some Earl Grey tea and, with the biscuit. And and slow down. Well. Involve yourself with the No Simple Road community over there on Patreon. How was that? That was terrible. Silly. That was terrible. I'm, I'm trying. It go was ahead. So unnatural. Take it from there. Well, hey everybody, welcome to No Simple Road. <laughs> Let's take a breath together. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Ew, gross. <sighs> all nasally. <laughs> Bunch of boogers. Yeah, all of us are going to be different. But let now welcome Andy Thorne. It was a freaking privilege. Thank you so, so much for being on the show and being stoked and just putting out that music when you did during COVID. And yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm so grateful that you came on and um, I hope... Your family loves this episode. I, I just love to. He has got to be one of the the funnest, happiest guys, too, that we've talked to. Mm-hmm. Like the positivity that comes out of yeah. you, Andy, is just infectious and awesome. I don't want to talk. I'm going to talk fast. Go ahead. Oh, stop it. <laughs> You're not in trouble. You just had to slow he does, down. He looked like, he looked like he's put his hands down to his side. He's like, he's like, here, you do it. And then I did it. Fine. You're and now great. you're doing great. I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm good. So no, we're, no one's mad here. Everyone's happy. We just need to slow <laughs> down. <Yeah. laughs> wow. Where were we in the business? In the business. You're, the, the business uh, Patreon, was Patreon, yeah. Patreon. You were just yeah. finishing up with that. That's the way the cute dollars will help keep the gas yeah. and the wheels on the bus going round and round and if you're not in there like i said you're missing out on a bunch of content and hanging out with the other members of the no simple road family you know one of the cool things that i learned um through being part of patreon is what your mom i really (laughs) your mom (laughs) your mom (laughs) um your mom was such a great interview and i learned so much it made me understand her so much as a mom and as I look back now, it made me realize what a great mom she was to you, even when you didn't see it. Uh, I, okay. I could see that from that. I, but she, I knew all that stuff already. No, you knew well, most of it, uh, you know, but she just kind of gets into how she started trapeze and she was really gifted. Like, yeah. And she I, was, I, there was something special about her for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all, all of your family members, but. And I didn't know about like the partying stuff in San Francisco with Bob Marley and all that. I, that was all. What? Me. Okay. I got to listen to it's this. It's really yeah. good. Apple. It's well, really and then good. we're also working on my, my, my dad is going to get what? interviewed pretty soon. <laughs> I just got to get that set up for Corey. So my mom's been on oh, the show that's right. Your mom while did she it. was here. That's yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you can listen to all of those episodes on Patreon. And if you're on Patreon and haven't listened to those episodes, I recommend it. Yeah. I think that it'd be super, just to listen to these cool stories of these incredible people that raised us. You can also call 971-808-1524. That is the No Simple Road tepid line. Tepid line. It's like open mic night for the No Simple Road family. You got three minutes. It's a Google voice line. You you call it and then you just leave your voicemail and we'll play it on the show and you you decide what you're going to say. You know what? I just had an idea of like, why don't we make sound bites of the phone calls and post them on Instagram? Like those little things you know it's a great idea that'd be really fun and cool mel smart everybody you heard it well, here I first just thought it because because those are fun and sometimes they get buried in the episode so if you're not listening to the whole episode all the way through 
you can miss those really fun co- phone calls with people. We've had more engagement than we've ever had. That's like, true. Recently, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Um, you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can go over there, hit that five stars, and guess what? What? We got another about? review. What? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. shit. And, and I love ones. It's just short and sweet, and that's all we really ask for sometimes. It makes us feel good. Okay. So this came in on Saturday, and I love, I love the username. Postmates is unfair. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. Love these guys. Five stars. Best music podcast out there. I Aww. absolutely Aww. adore the NSR crew. Aww. Never fails to lift me up. Love y'all. Back at you, friend. Right on. Back Postmates at you. Postmates unfair. is unfair. I it's love unfair. that. That's really sweet. Yeah. Best music podcast out there. Thank you. Yeah, we, there's a lot of music. We're podcasts. not trying to be the best. We're well, just trying to be our best. Yeah, our best. Yeah, our definitely. best. You're sh- you're absolutely right. We're, yeah, that's how I feel. Like I w- I want to be our best, and sometimes that's why it's hard to go back and listen to old episodes because they can be a little cringy, <laughs> you know. But Tell then it's also it. like, hey, that's called the learning process. What's also called you? That was you. Then. Yeah, that's so what I mean. Like you're, yeah, you're further along the road, so you should be proud <laughs> yeah. of that. Like that's I'm like evolved, you know, looking at yourself like when you were playing soccer when you were six years old, and you look at old family videos, you don't be like, ugh. I bet. Like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> I wonder if, if musicians like Andy or Vince Herman or any of the guys in Salmon, like when they listen back to old albums that they made, if they're they feel like that, if they're like, oh, ooh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that now, like. I don't know. As an artist, I guess you just kind of have to, once you put it out, like... Let it go. Yeah. Because then imagine how much stuff you'd be hung up on. Wow. I'm jacked. This coffee got me sprung. (laughs) I am like, for real... What are you? I what feel like I did a bump of blow, like, for real. What are you drinking? (laughs) It's just some dark roast coffee. It's... Okay. Intense, man. You look at he <laughs> doesn't even he's gonna start he's sweating. Like, he's in like, a oh, eyes are kind of weird. Do you, do you want to pause and come back? No, I'm good. Let's finish up. We're done with the. I think that did it for the. You go run a marathon real quick. Yep. And wear, wear yourself down. <laughs> I'm, gonna, okay. I'm gonna run to Cascade and back. I'll be back. No, everybody. Like I said earlier, if you're here in the area and you were on the fence on if you were going to Cascade or not, Ben, this for you. Then you should <laughs> really get tickets and come because. We would really love to see the No Simple Road family show up in force on Saturday. Any day. Well, yeah, but for our thing, it would be really yes. cool to have all of you there. Yeah, if you listen to No Simple Road and you're going to be at Cascade, come see us from four to five. We want your participation. We want your energy. We want to share that with you. And we have a special guest, Cam Hurt from Best Show Ever Podcast and Instagram fame is going to be joining us there. And it's going to be pretty freaking dope so come hang out with us and last but not least please tell somebody you love about no simple road so that we can spread the mycelial network of our cosmic minds together cosmic drip that's right that's right this is when it's good to be a tattletale yeah tell on us to somebody please (laughs) yeah and that was his last but but last but not least for me is make sure to go check out andythornmusic.com, leftoversalmon.com. They have a lot of touring dates. Andy's got some solo shows coming cool. up. Well, so, when? And Leftover Salmon has shows announced all the way up through March of Jesus. next year. Do, so do a couple of Andy's. Uh, Andy Thorne solo shows, October 12th, Boulder, Colorado, October 13th, Bellevue, Colorado, December 1st, 
at uh, Cervantes in Denver, actually two nights in Cervantes. And that's what he's got right now listed. And then, like I said, uh, leftover salmon. They got a lot of dates coming up. All right, man. If you've never seen leftover salmon, mm. just go. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. What a good night. If you like didn't know anything and somebody's like, hey, leftover salmon's going to be in your city. You should go. You decide, hey, for I'm going to go. Yes. <laughs> Wear your comfortable dancing shoes. All right. We're going to get you to the interview. Let's do it. Everybody ready? Yes. Ready. Without further ado. The No Simple Road Crew gives you Andy Thorne. You're pro when you go on stage. Um, true. So that's one of the few times. Well, th- th- this is this is our stage. Yeah, this is so our little we got, stage. We got to make cool. it look good. Except right I'm, I'm awesome. Bl- I'm and sorry it. about last time. Oh, and, uh, it's all yeah, good, man. Fault. You're a traveling you, worker, man. We get it. That's the best excuse yeah. ever. You're in a, at a festival in Alaska. That's like kind of like okay. Yeah. <laughs> best festival ever. Really? Um, wait, is this like? Should I? What do you want to try do? to make it look more presentable in the back? No, you, you look great, man. It's perfect. It's just us. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And other you, people. I, I need like a mountain sunset, and and then we got to get the fox <laughs> over there. I can go outside. <laughs> Might get a little wind in the audio, but that's okay. We want we want Barry, the fox, the deer, the bear. The, like, <laughs> well, welcome so much to this show andy for being here thank you thank you for coming to no simple road yeah introduce her thank you guys for having me i'm mel and i'm aaron and i'm apple pleasure to meet y'all you You too man Andy. andy uh for everybody out there tell them like what you do and stuff in case they don't already know i am a professional banjo player right which is Kind of hilarious to say, but I guess that pretty much sums it up. Doesn't that feel good to say, though? It's pretty awesome. I can't believe I'm still doing it and uh, making a living in this awesome career. It's wow. pretty great. It is great. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I, superhero, like, 
a neurosurgeon and professional banjo player. Like that's like the coolest <laughs> shit ever, right? Like not bad. It's not bad. Well, and then you add you added one more awesome thing. Dad. Dad. Congratulations. That's what I spend most of my time doing now, which is the best. Aw, right on. And uh, he's starting to enjoy music, so that's going to be really cool. Wow. So, And I, I get to see my band members like jamming with their sons that are in their 20s and 30s all the time now. So I'm like, wow, this is, this is what I have to look Aww. forward to that's down so the line. Cool. Those guys love it. So Wow. Did you, did you grow up in a musical family? Not really, but my parents were big bluegrass fans and I grew up in North Carolina. So there was always a lot of bluegrass happening around. Mm, okay. That makes and sense. I grabbed a banjo at my neighbor's yard sale and that's why I ever played it. it you know, it, yeah. it always intrigues me, man. Like, okay, the banjo at a yard sale, I get it. But for a 12 year old kid, was it because of where you were growing up that banjo was cool? to you at the time? Cause I would think like the guitar or drum, you know what I mean? For yeah. a 12 year old kid. I did play guitar already mm -hmm. and I had messed with some piano lessons. I think, um, just the standard music lessons you send a kid to. And then the banjo, something about seeing it there and it was, it was only $50. So it was just sort of another instrument to mess with for a while something to occupy my time. So I'm sure my parents were like, Oh yeah, let's get him this thing. Hell yeah. I'm sure. They regretted that once they started hearing how loud it is. But. but so like, did you get lessons? You were already playing a guitar. Did that transfer easily to you? Like what, how did that happen? Cause it's not a simple uh, instrument. Right. I think I learned on my own for quite a while, just messing around. But then in high school, I did have a music teacher that didn't really play banjo, but he knew a lot about it and he helped me learn. Wow. And then when I got in like little high school bands is when I really started learning how to play and you just watch people and watch and learn, you know, it seems like the hardest instrument in the world to play. And do you me. play both styles too? Like, um, claw hammer and, you know, flat, Okay. Yes. So, yes. Country and bluegrass. Right on. No, I do. I, I really like Clawhammer a lot. I'm a huge fan of that. And I don't do much of that in Leftover Salmon. That's what I do in my mountainside videos because you there's no warming up. There's no, like, you're not going to flub a little lick. You're just, it's kind of just straight from the soul. I really like Clawhammer a lot because of that. It looks beautiful to watch somebody in that like mode and it feels good to watch as well. Like of course to hear, but like it looks good. Like you almost, you can kind of get in the rhythm. Yeah. And it feels really good to do too. And I tried to learn it for a long time and I couldn't pick it up. And then one day that right hand bouncy thing just kind of clicked for me. And I was like, Oh man, this feels great. So it's just repetition. Yeah, it's sort of just getting, it's all about the right hand with claw hammer and you're bouncing it. And once it starts to feel good, it's easy to flow with that. It's kind of like it learning to flat pick on the guitar, kind of the same thing. There's a yeah. bouncy kind of thing that starts to happen and 
you, you're like, oh shit, I'm doing it right for the first time. Yeah. This feels great. <laughs> and then you become it obsessed. Does. And once I realized the fox likes Clawhammer better, I definitely did more of that out there to try to attract the animals. Dude. Okay. <laughs> Coolest thing yeah, ever. What that, that's hell, a superpower. <laughs> what is going on? Well, if you guys lived in this neighborhood, you would understand it a little more. There's so many foxes in this neighborhood. It's totally crazy. Wow. Um, and all sorts of wildlife, but they're just, the fox population up here is insane. And we're lucky we get to live around that. Yeah. I, I, I obviously follow you on Instagram and I see the, the sunrise banjo videos. And I think maybe the first, was it during COVID, like during lockdown that you started doing them? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, we started seeing it around a lot before that, but I was never home that much to really realize how much it was stopping by and we didn't um we didn't make the connection with it until the lockdown we were home every single day what a- i was always outside playing banjo and the thing would wander through the yard like once a day at times does it have a name did you name it we we called it foxy oh, foxy <laughs> It fits. I get it. <laughs> you know, yeah, pretty well, obvious. It it makes sense. I just of everybody out there, you seem to have taken like very good advantage of the lockdown. I mean, you came out with uh, several albums. The lyrics in some of those songs are just amazing. I, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering about that. I mean, it seems like you got into it right away and just made the, the best of it. Well, I've always enjoyed being home. That's for sure. So, but when you're a, a guy in a band, you sort of feel like you can never take a really long break. And financially, you don't want to. You need to keep working. But yeah, once the lockdown forced us to stay home, we were we were pretty excited to just have some time off for the first time. And yeah, we wrote songs, we made videos up there. I started having concerts on our deck for the neighbors that you know first we invited like 10 people over and then 20 and then eventually there were 200 people there holy crap when the pandemic sort of when people were allowed to sort of do stuff again but it was all outside in a giant backyard and uh yeah we did all sorts of stuff during the pandemic and we really did enjoy it having the time at home well so for you loving being home and loving to play music and then your audience comes right to your house what more could you ask for and and you find out you have a baby on the way during all this (laughs) yeah it was a wonderful time other than thinking about all the terrible things happening out there right and and all that but uh for a lot of us musicians that never feel like we can take a break it was kind of neat to be forced to and we got some financial aid from the government and stuff. So yeah. we made it through and got a year off basically. Wow. Yeah, man. And so in, in coming back after all of that and having had that experience and now having a, a kid, was it difficult to transition to being back out? It definitely was we decided to get pregnant during the pandemic, but it would have been better if we got pregnant right beforehand and had the kid right when it started. Right. Of course, nobody knew that it was coming, so you couldn't plan for that, no. but we did fine. And you know, we slowly got back to touring. So it wasn't, wasn't too abrupt going back to a full touring schedule. 
do you feel like actually Mel and I were kind of talking about this today. Do you feel like, um, things have changed as far as like how you tour and, and, um, the way that you do it since then? I think a lot of bands are just touring more strategically now mm-hmm. and valuing their time a little bit more. We've been kind of doing a lighter schedule for the last few years anyways, because okay. we're an older band, but we still, it still fills up my year. But I think, yeah, you just value your time a little bit more. Yeah. It makes sense. Whether you can or not, or you try to. Yeah. Well, and what we were talking about is shit is just it getting more expensive. Well, yeah, I was listening to um, Inside the Musician's Brain with um, Chris Pandolfi, and I was listening to his um opening he was interviewing Allison Brown but he does like kind of like an opening and intro and he was talking about how everything's gotten so much more astronomical for touring musicians like car rentals um food hotels and then the possibility of like if you travel on an airplane like canceled flights which is a very often occurrent these these days and he's like with no extra money coming to the musician and then everybody's prices skyrocket. And then so everybody who had low prices, they skyrocket their prices. And so like there's no room for <laughs> anything to happen. And so it's it's and he, and he he said it beautifully. He's like, I'm not complaining. This is the life I chose. I'm happy to be doing it. But like there should be some type of empathy with this as far as like for the, you know, the people that are traveling, the musicians, things like that, where they're bringing these life changing. Cause it really is, man. When, when musicians come to town and they're your band, and even if they're not your favorite band, you go see an awesome band and, and they can change your life. They can change your night. They can make this, your the song, your husband and wife's first song. Like there's so many things. And so it seems as if we're doing a disservice to make it even more harder on, you know, that group of people. And, and it doesn't seem to be letting up. It seems to be kind of, you know, getting a little bit deeper and it just, um, I don't know, man, if, if you could revamp or if you could start to revamp any part of the industry, what would that be for you? Um, you definitely have to be ready to roll with the punches when it's traveling right now. Yeah. Just, uh, and besides the cost, it's always, the flights are always messed up and we fly a lot, but you know, you just, I've slept in the airport a few nights this summer mm-hmm. when you're canceled and you're rebooked the next morning. And, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, Yeah. but the expenses have gone up for the fans too. Yes. Right. I'm sure like those, you know, to get hotels and concert tickets and fees and everything. So it's like everybody is having to spend more to a, to do what they do or do what they want to do. Sure. And I think people are still figuring out how to make it work right now. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, you, do, you do each year, you look at your expenses and you try to make sense of it and learn from it. And the next year, you know, try to spend wiser have more profit and less expenses, but you want to be comfortable too. Yeah. And you know, it is tough to figure out because one night that may cost, like if we're traveling, you know, a thousand dollars, right. (laughs) It's worth it. 
in the like right. for us or f- whoever's going otherwise they wouldn't do it you know yeah, but sure. how you can't pull that many thousands of dollars if you don't have that many nights you know if you don't have <laughs> x amount of thousand dollars in your bank account but yeah it's just yeah. um something that's affecting everybody you're right the fans the artists the promote everybody the venues yeah it's really just affecting everyone i don't know who is winning right now but maybe Ticketmaster. I don't really know what those. I don't. Yeah. We don't work with those that much, so I'm not sure. But Good for you guys, yeah, man. <laughs> I, you know, it, it it serves to underscore something important, though. And what Mel said is that first of all, we've talked to enough musicians to know that most of them say, "I didn't get into playing music to be rich. I'm doing it because I love the guys I'm playing with or girls I'm playing with, and I love performing." And for the music fans, we're there because we want to have an experience with the band we're going to see. And so it kind of underscores the importance of that. Like, yeah, it's a little more expensive now, but it really is that much sweeter too. to, to know that you guys are, are putting it all on the line like that. It's, it's was never easy, but it's extra hard now and you're giving it that much more. And I think that the fan experience is seeing that, on our end, we're feeling it when we're going to the shows. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think bands right now just have to pick and choose, be a little smarter. Mm. Maybe you wouldn't do some of the shows you would have done a few years ago when expenses weren't so high. Yeah. But it's definitely affecting how everyone does business in this industry. Mm. It's- but yeah, it's still really fun. And I still love doing it because, you know, I bring my family to tons of stuff. And I love that. And without that, if I wanted to go enjoy festivals or enjoy shows, we'd be paying for that and like paying for travel. So we get to have this fun life where we get to go to festivals and shows and even, you know, bring our families. So, yeah, it's it's a fun life and a fun job. It's kind of just your whole life in one, you know. I, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I had to start a podcast to support our concert right. habit. Hopefully this gets you some concert tickets. <laughs> once in a while. Ta- yeah. Well, hey, I got you. I'll, I got you anytime. But you want to know something? We, we, we love to pay for our tickets yeah. because of that whole thing. We buy sure. in advance. You know what I mean? We, we, we yep. know the deal. Like, we of course we want free tickets i think that was our first kind of thing like as long as we get free tickets that's all we want and then we got free tickets and we're like we don't want free tickets that's not fair (laughs) we We all agreed on that one too (laughs) it's like we want to we want to support the people we love to see play so we'll we'll buy to you know what we'll spend that we'll spend money on merch also like yeah. we don't like to take free stuff it's like we want to support take the spot yes. <laughs> and buy the, mer- buy, buy the merch buy the merch and take the free ticket for festivals uh, we'll take always take the free ticket and buy the merch then you get a shirt and uh, you support the band too. Fuck yeah, right. Right yeah. I have no shame asking my friends for guest list spots and I love hooking it up that's dope <laughs> that's rad yeah. right on Andy that's really totally. rad right on I appreciate that it's, it's a weird that's a weird thing like like we've been doing this six years and you know, we've have relationships now with a lot of the bands and I, for one, like Apple said, I would much rather just go to the show, pay for the ticket and know that we supported the band and hang out. You know what I mean? It, it always felt weird to me. I grew up in show business and I saw that like my dad was a, a 
producer in Vegas and my stepdad was too. And I saw people coming to them for tickets and I always saw the looks on their faces when the phone yeah. calls came in. I'm like, I don't want to fucking be that guy, man. But, but it was part of their business for real. And, and yeah, yeah. they, they did it gladly. True. True. But it's a, it's a trip to be having done this six years and see the, um, the growth of the whole bluegrass scene over the last six or seven years, you know, what's happened yeah. with bluegrass is kind of insane. Um, yeah. Billy strings has blown it up. Do you, that's what I was going to ask. Do you, do you think that that is like the catalyst? Um, before that it was already starting to grow, but never to, Heights that we've never seen before, mm -hmm. you know, bands had gotten to headlining Red Rocks for a weekend and stuff like that, but no band had ever gotten to playing stadiums or arenas or whatever Billy's playing in like big amphitheaters. It's really, really cool. That's just never happened before him. What, and uh, who knows what's going to happen now that he's going around doing that, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, he's coming here in a couple months to Portland, Oregon. He's playing the Moda Center where yeah, the, for two where the Trailblazers play. And, and we, I was thinking about this the other day. I wonder what your take on this is. Like, bluegrass to me seems like an art form that is personal. It's wood and wire and some dudes or ladies picking and people singing. And it's yeah. it, it's intimate. How how do you think that the art form can support those bigger venues and shows like that? I think it totally can. I've been to, I saw Billy a lot while he was growing and he was just playing normal shows like we all did. Mm -hmm. And then I got to see him headlining Red Rocks and he totally crushed it. It felt right. I mean, everything between the light show and the video screens and the music and all the band members and it, it totally felt right. But when you see those guys just picking in a room, it still is intimate. Yeah. And uh, if you hear their albums, it still sounds and feels like that. It's really cool that bluegrass can do both. Cause not a lot of jam bands could sit in a room and just acoustically knock your socks off mm -hmm. in a little intimate setting, you know, that's true. It, that is so true for real. It, it's a, it's a really, really cool thing to see something that has been around for a while finally getting its day in the sun have has has salmon felt that heat you know that that inertia i think so i mean billy's hooked us up a lot he was on our new album yeah um yeah it's not something he had to do he's a busy guy and he came and spent a whole day playing in the studio with us and then played with us at the station inn in nashville that night a little 200 person venue Wow. You know, so he's, I really love that he respects the bands that paved the way because mm -hmm. some of the young guys, you might not feel that. And, uh, Billy, he loves the leftover guys. He loves Drew and Vince. He loves the string cheese guys and whoever else, you know, the bands that really paved the way back in the day. What was, what was your like turn on as a, as a teen? with with music um really i was i'd seen a lot of traditional bluegrass around north carolina 
but I saw Sam Bush play and I hadn't, he was the first almost jam bluegrass. But then when I went to Merle Fest in the late nineties, I saw all the like Colorado jam grass bands. They were there, string cheese, leftover salmon, Bella Fleck and the Fleck tones. And I saw acoustic syndicate. Those are all the bands I grew up loving. But before that, I hadn't seen any bluegrass bands in the jam band setting where they're like almost partying on stage, you know, having a great time. Yeah. With long hair, talking about weed. <laughs> and uh, even back then, I was like, wow, Colorado must be awesome. <laughs> It'd be cool to get out there and be in that music scene. Wow. Did it live up to so, your yeah, expectations? <laughs> <laughs> they really turned me on to that, and now I'm in the group, so it's it's really cool. Yeah, but so did moving to Colorado live up to your expectations? In every way. Really? Oh, that's cool to right hear, Right on. Yeah, we, cool. Oh, yeah, I always wanted to be a skier, outdoorsy guy. I was always, you know, I'm an old Eagle Scout, so I love camping and all that stuff, and that's all I did the first, I don't know, eight years when I moved here. We hear that from every everybody that is, well, either was there to begin with or has relocated to Colorado, how amazing it is. We, we love visiting there. That's on our radar. If we ever move out of Portland, Oregon, that's one of the, that's like number yeah. one is in Colorado. There is just so much music. I was going to ask you, I'm curious, um, the band, I saw you play banjo on Tom from Banshee Trees, the uh, single he put out. Yeah, Banshee Tree is another one of those bands that's like they're not really bluegrass, but the crossover of genres, and they're, yeah. they're very near and dear to us. Yeah, we, we stay them. close with them and support them so much. And good, I, yeah. I, I'm just curious your your take on them in relationship. Um, we absolutely love them. We we first discovered Tom just hearing him busk around Pearl Street in Boulder. <laughs> And then we saw he used to play in this bar in Boulder called Catacombs all the time, like right when Banshee Tree was forming. So we had them play our wedding, which was actually like six years ago. So they were sort of just starting out then, too. And uh, it's been really cool to see them catching on at the festival scene. And we try to have them play with us anytime we can. And they're opening for us at the Boulder Theater for our thanksgiving shows this year so what? pretty stoked about that right on oh, yeah, yeah they, you, they're awesome you guys are really lucky man like the whatever's in the water up there i don't even know like that <laughs> that music scene up there it's or in the weed yeah or in the weed it's <laughs> it's Crazy. insane dude I, and it feels i think like, it's partly it's just a really like nice central place to live if you're in a band you're right in the middle of the country yeah yeah so flying around from here which a lot of people just fly to travel to their gigs nowadays it's so easy here because you're right in the middle yeah yeah, yeah. So it makes sense for professional musicians yeah we've talked to like several pacific northwest bands that have said it's really difficult being up here in the pacific northwest because yeah. the runs are so far between cities and you gotta like it's hard to make it you get stuck in the pocket here but denver you're yep. you're able to kind of branch yeah. out you don't want to be driving to all these regions from denver but if you're flying it's great because yeah. you're right in the middle <laughs> i uh you live up in the hills in boulder yeah it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet, man. That's it's incredibly nice. And yeah, we're lucky. We bought a house eight years ago 
because now my neighborhood's all million dollar homes. It's insane. Right on. Wow. It's good on you. Crazy. Sounds like you've made a lot of really great decisions in your life. Yeah. My wife's kind of smart sometimes. She's like, we're buying a house now. And uh, yeah. And speaking of your wife, is she's the one on, on the album too? Um, yes. First of all, please let her know she's got such an angelic, beautiful voice. Like, Thank you. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. She'll like, she'll be touched because she never sang at all before that. Really? What? Oh my God. I, <laughs> no, never. I like literally forced her to do that because we were at that point, we were so bored it was winter during the pandemic. And I was just oh down God. in the studio. It was like June Carter and Johnny Cash kind of like so sweet and Barry song. I shed a few tears because I couldn't believe just the simple beautiful lyrics and it just felt I felt the heart of it and I couldn't wait I like the, even the album cover is so beautiful and I just I I was like stunned by it because she, she's gorgeous she was in the cannabis industry is she still in the cannabis industry yep and not really not really now she's just doing mom stuff at Great. the moment so. perfect but yeah just um kudos to you guys i beautiful couple so cool. like, yeah I, I really uh, it was really touching for me so like i felt i felt it <laughs> did, did the album just come about through sheer boredom was that like the well we you know we were stuck at home a lot and we realized oh we've written like eight or ten songs that are sort of about the pandemic and i I was just getting my home studio going, which I've had in the past, but never up here at this house. So I got it going and it was our pandemic project and our pregnancy project, you know, keep you we busy. were doubly <laughs> stuck at home and we just worked on it. I was mostly down here playing all the instruments and then I'd force her to come down and sing, Aww. but she's, she's really good with words and she's a writer. We're actually working on a TEDx talk right now. I'm going to be yeah. doing that in September. Right about, about what? Um, well, they they sort of randomly asked me if I could do anything. So we put a talk together. It's sort of about nature and music and how they're connected and uh, how important nature is to our art forms and stuff like that. Absolutely. I hope on your oh, slideshow you have Foxy of there. <laughs> that's why they that's why yes, they contacted okay. me. So I'm sure they'll be playing that. Did it? I mean, <laughs> Oh, aside, hold on. Aside from okay, whatever. Did you like have a connection with Foxy? Like you have with uh, clearly Foxy had one to you, but like, did you feel that? Um. Yeah, I think so. It's just he was our friend, you know. Yeah. Just more than anything else, it was nice. No, you know, that was when no one could come by. <laughs> it felt like you couldn't do anything. And uh, it was really nice to have this little fox stopping by every day and uh, cheering us up. Wow. Really yeah. lifting our spirits every time. That's dope, man. Nature stopped by to lift your spirits. That's every yeah. day. It's kind of cool, man. I mean, wow. And beers and mountain lions and bobcats. You're it's really, pie, it's really pie cool. Up the Boulder there. Hills. It's <laughs> yeah. And people say I'm snow white actually. <laughs> <laughs> With the bird landing on your finger. Yeah. <laughs> I'll it. take that. I, yes. that was, that's my favorite comment. You know this what, guy's man? the hillbilly Snow White. That's that's my favorite one. I'm a, I'm a I, graphic I, I designer. Say, I, was gonna say. I got you. 
cool. It's coming. It's coming. The podcast cover, baby. <laughs> Hillbilly Snow White. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Right on. Hillbilly Snow White. Can that you, uh, <laughs> I, I saw like over the past, uh, I don't know, year or so, Mayor McCheese um, got abducted by Frasco. And I know, right. and I know that like Frasco was getting like death threats and shit for having the head and whatnot. Apparently, I don't. <laughs> can you fill me in, man? I don't know the history of Mayor McCheese's head hanging out with leftover salmon. Can you fill me in? DistroKid has been the industry standard for getting your newly created music out to the streaming platforms. And now the DistroKid app is now available on iOS and Android. Yeah, check that out. The app is now available on your phone. Go to the app or Play Store and download it. There's so many features inside this app. You, you can do things like sign up and pay for a new DistroKid account. You can upload your new releases there. You can see your DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You even get notified when you've earned royalties and withdraw from the app via push notifications. You can see hyperfollow links. You can edit your account details. You can see your streaming stats from Spotify and Apple. You can even edit and add lyrics to your songs there. So like I said, go over to the App Store on iOS or Android and download the DistroKid app now. Also, they have this new feature called Mixia. I know a lot of artists struggle to be prolific and make their music sound as good as the music they hear from their influences and their peers. That's where Mixia comes in. Nothing's ever going to replace the artistry and expertise of a real human mastering engineer. But for artists who are short on time or resources, Mixia is a powerful tool to help make the music sound great in a hurry. Simple interface, empowering the most novice of music creators. It's got unlimited song previews of mastered songs with one free download. And for 99 bucks, you get unlimited mastered tracks. So go check out Mixia and make sure to go to the app store and download the DistroKid app so that you can get your music out there and get it heard. You're doing your thing and they're helping you do it. DistroKid. It's pretty hilarious. I guess they stole that thing from a McDonald's playground in the 90s. And somehow it became, they like put it on the tour bus and it instantly became their like goofy mascot as a joke. But then the fans loved it, I guess. And every, they started taking it everywhere with them. And they have all these funny traditions, like the mare toss where it's really heavy, but they would see who could throw it the farthest. <laughs> they, what? they would go sweating on it. They would, I don't know what else they would do, but, um, then it became a tradition to steal the mayor and like this was before the internet was widely available. So people would write a ransom note <laughs> with a photo and all this funny stuff, I guess. I miss that whole era, oh. but I hear stories about it all the time. <laughs> and since I've been in the group, the mayor, the mayor was around on and off. Just, uh, I don't know, whenever he was around, it was really fun. Then during the pandemic, I realized he was in the storage unit. So I went down there and got it and I put it up here in the snow and just let the mayor live, live up here in the snow. And the fox would just like come by and sniff it and be like, what the heck is this? I love it. I that love was it. really great. But then some people stole it from my house without me knowing at all. Oh no! And somehow it got to Frasco. I can't even remember. I'm sure uh, he stole it in a really slick way. I'm sure. 
And then he just returned it at Fiddler's Green a couple weeks ago with the whole brass band marching in. And then did he steal it again? Yeah, so at the end of the night, we're like, wait, where is the mayor? And it was gone. And it was wild because it was sitting in our green room with all these people around. So they were really, really smooth by taking it out of there without anyone noticing. That's so funny, man. Holy shit. I love it. You know, it's yeah, it's cool to be part of something with tradition, and and I I had read another interview with you where you were talking about like seeing salmon and and cheese back in the day, and and it, how does that feel now? Like that you're part of that thing. That's a big thing, man. That's why I was curious and how that happened to come to salmon. Um, how did I get in the band? Yeah. Well, first I got recommended for the Emmett Nershi band mm. by a good friend who you already mentioned, Chris Pandolfi. Okay. He really hooked me up. He, I, I think I had talked to him. It was at a time when I was kind of between gigs and I was looking for some, a new gig. And he, he had to step down right when the string dusters were going full time. So at that time I, I packed up the station wagon and drove out to Colorado and joined the Emmett Nershi band which was awesome. It was string cheese and salmon. Yeah. And, uh, we had a lot of fun because we played pretty small shows and it was a neat way to get used to the jam band way of doing things and way of playing. And then after a couple of years of that, Drew got me in leftover salmon. They were kind of between people. And right when they were going to come back from their break, Drew brought me in. What? That's crazy. That's I didn't know it was Chris. So Chris that, yeah. How did you know Chris, Chris? Totally hooked me up. I knew him just from the banjo geek scene. We were, there aren't that many serious young banjo players around, even in the country. You know, maybe there's like twenty to forty. Okay. So you end up being friends with a lot of them. Wow. He totally hooked me up. He's he's a great yeah, human a being dude, already, dude. but wow, that's yeah. that's he's done that for a lot of people. Really? He's good at um, ma- making matches with like musicians and sidemen. He just, you know, he stays in the musician's web, and he's always got somebody to recommend. Right on. He's he a fairy Chris. godmother. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. got Snow White and the fairy godmother now. <laughs> We're getting a whole thing going oh, here. Right he's, the little, he's got his little banjo wand. Are you, you keeping know? notes here? Yeah. Um, it, it just seems to me, man, that like this musical scene is, it's really unlike any other. And, and having seen the bands play, as a fan and then being a part of it, is there moments for you when you're like, holy shit, man, this is, this is my life. I get to do this now. Yeah. I mean, this summer it's just been like that a lot. We did, we've been doing a tour with yonder mountain and railroad earth. Wow. And you know, I've loved both of those bands when I was younger too. Right. And you know, it's fun to be on tour with a bunch of friends. And then we did a tour with little feet and I got to sit in on Dixie chicken every night of the tour. And it was this 20 minute version where they gave me this long solo. And, uh, yeah, that was insanely cool. A band that's been around that long. One of the original rock bands, you know? Yeah. Those guys. And, and to get to sit in on an iconic song like that night after night and get to like know it with. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was really, really cool. And just all the great places we've been this summer. You know, we've been to Alaska and all over the West Coast. And next week we're going to Europe. So, or wait, this week, sorry, tomorrow I'm going. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that, what, Denmark and then London? We have a festival in Denmark next weekend. Thank you for doing this today. I mean, I'm sure you could be doing all kinds of stuff to prepare for that. Oh, I'm back. We're ready. Oh, right on, man. Have you, you've played over there before, right? I have with another group, but the band has never played over there in 33 years. Wow. So. And this is and historic. Isn't, and isn't Billy like yeah. over there on tour right now too? He just was. I think I think they're done, so that's not going to cross over unfortunately, but that would have been cool. Dude, I wonder what a bluegrass jam in Denmark is going to be like. That's going to be something. Oh man, the jams are totally crazy. I I did a festival in La Roche, France with Rapid Grass. Okay. And the late night jams were just awesome and hilarious. Like it was, there was a lot of gypsy jazz and there were people from the Czech Republic singing in English that that with bad accents. Fuck yeah. (laughs) And then like the funniest, like the thing that everybody got into the most was four non blondes. What's going on? (laughs) Somebody sang that at the jam and like the entire tent of people was singing it yeah it was totally hilarious I, that's great that's one of those songs yeah yeah, yeah. For real. I, so <laughs> through all of this you know a lifetime of being a musician and and playing the banjo and being on stages and playing with your heroes and being a part of this amazing scene like can you think of one thing that has been the highest high point um, I mean, probably starting to take my kid to all this stuff. Aww. I know that's not a single no, high that's point, dope. No, that's but it's so fun. And uh, it's a little more wholesome now than it used to be, you know, and your kids around, you're not going to be partying hard right. and mm. kind of go to bed earlier. And all those things are really nice for being 40, which I just turned. Congratulations. Last yeah. year. So <laughs> it's uh it's really cool to be like getting a little older and yeah, taking my family to stuff and the guys, you know, Drew and Vince, they're empty nesters now. So they love having a two year old around, which not all band guys would. That's true. You know, really, really cool to just see that all happening. I'm like, wow, Barry's going to get to grow up like this in this cool way around all this music and stuff. It's really cool. You know, that, you know, I was just going to say, it's one of our favorite things to see. We see that more and more often when you see the kids steal the show from the band sometimes. I mean, when we saw Green Sky, Bluegrass, right. and Red Rocks, like everybody yeah. in the crowd quit watching the band or watching like Paul's kid. Like every, all the kids were over there dancing and then they came out on right. stage and it's like the band didn't matter anymore. It was all about the kids yeah. and everybody was so psyched to see it. <laughs> It's well, everybody loves a cute kid. Yeah, well, and and especially when the cute kid is jamming out to their parents' music. There's yeah. nothing cuter than that. Little yeah. arms yeah. holding up like they know what's going on and they do. I think the kid knows more than we do. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, man. They're feeling it. It's insanely cool. And it's a great feeling for us, you know, to see our kids dancing over there, enjoying the music. It's really fun. You know, other than like, getting married and and my first dead show 
I think that I know that becoming a dad changed me more than anything. Like I can, I can literally remember like the moment I saw my son for the first time and what happened to me as a result of that. Can you talk a little bit about how becoming a dad has changed you? Um, yeah, I mean, mostly just the responsibilities, Tell me you know, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, it's good. It's changed you for good and not for bad, but you, uh, there's a lot of responsibility and you're not spending much leisure time these days, but there's a new level of happiness that mm. you've never really had before. And like, yeah, seeing the world through a two-year-old's eye is the coolest shit ever. Yeah. It makes these little like boring activities that you used to do really, really fun. Just going to the grocery store. If you take a two-year-old, it becomes insanely <laughs> hilarious. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Or going to any store to go shopping or yeah, going to a concert, watching these kids just discover that stuff for the first time. It's a, it's a trip to think that like, some for me like somebody else's happiness mattered more than mine for the first right. time ever and yeah and i was like legit willing to do whatever to make it happen for him like yeah whatever man it's cool let's make it happen yeah I mean, it's definitely a big part of why i've been doing more shit lately on the side I'm just like, wow, like how long is leftover salmon going to be around? I hope a long time, but I don't know. Yeah. So I'm trying to just build whatever solo career I can so I can take care of this kid <laughs> being a banjo player, which is never the easiest thing. It's And uh, it's pretty interesting to navigate, but it's cool. Yeah, man. I think you're going to have a really great go at it. We just talked about like the kind of the rise of bluegrass and it doesn't seem to be coming down. There's there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of people coming up. And there's a lot of you guys that are in your prime that are still r ripping and roaring. And so a solo career, it seems inevitable when the time is right. And, like, you're going to keep going for a long time, Andy. I mean, yeah. you've, it seems like you got a lot to say. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm. we're grandparents now. Um, you're going to oh, continuously yeah. be getting inspired. It's, like it's wild. Brother. It's, it, it doesn't stop. You know, when you see your kid do, doing their dream, there's nothing like that. There is nothing like seeing your little baby grown up. I had the privilege of officiating my daughter's wedding and I could barely keep it together to say the words to them. I mean, it, it was <laughs> kind of a short ceremony because I, I literally couldn't keep it together. But like these, like Aaron was saying about like, you know, your kid's happiness, like there's something about, um, they came from you, you saw their whole rise. And then now you get mm -hmm. to like, kind of push them out the door in the most beautiful way and you're just starting it's you're in like the the nectar of life to be honest you're perfect age 40 with a two-year-old a beautiful wife in this gorgeous place like well and man and i'll say this you have a dope perspective too andy because you know there's a lot of dads out there that are like if you take a two-year-old to the store it's a fucking nightmare 
That's true. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it, it oh, just, I love it. It's so funny. I could see it on your face. It's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. I thought so too. It really is. And it really does let you know the the way things really are. Like your kid really does end up putting shit in perspective for you real quick about what matters and what doesn't. And I, I I'm curious, like you said, you know, you're working hard to cultivate your solo stuff. What are you working on right now? Um, I just did a remix actually of that, the claw hammer tune from the viral Fox video. Okay. We just, we and it's been something that I thought would be cool for a while. And I just kind of met the right guy that I knew would do it. And he, I thought he knocked it out of the park. It was really fun and funny. It's totally house music. It's like EDM, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's great. totally awesome. I, I love the YouTube video too, where uh, you're, you announced it and then you do the drone footage. Yeah. Of the whole property nice. and backing out on the mount. Are you a drone uh, expert also, or did somebody else do <laughs> that? That was a friend that um, just wanted to come over for sunrise one day to capture it for some boulder site. And I was like, hey, can I use this for something? Okay. They gave a. So, yeah, that was really cool. That was a beautiful perspective of like your, your yeah. whole mountain and the whole that, area. That shows where we live. Do you, yeah. So, that was just like a purely digital thing just a fun project to have. And then I'm working on a Christmas album that I'm finishing up right now. Fun. Yes. <laughs> okay. Tell me a little bit about it. Cause I, I, I love Christmas music first of all, but like, yeah, is this all original stuff or is this you like taking standards? No, it's all Christmas carols played instrumentally on claw hammer banjo oh, with like you. fiddles and cellos and stuff. Oh my God. I'm going to love it. Um, it's one I like when I choose what projects I'm going to work on. I really just, I put up the videos that I make up here. You know what I mean? And I see what sticks, like what do people seem that like they really like. I like everything that I'm putting up. So like I did some Mac Miller videos and people loved that so much. I ended up recording three singles of that and putting them out. And then the Fox videos people loved. So I did that climb or Fox album. And then I, I do Christmas carols in the snow a lot Yep. when it's the holiday season. Cause usually we're just home kind of killing time. There's not that many gigs. And so I go out in the snow and make a Christmas carol video and people love that shit. So I was like, hell, I think I could actually do a Christmas album. So it's called High Country Holiday. Hell yes. yeah. And, and is it going to be out this Christmas? I hope so. <laughs> how do you. As long as these guys get, get it done. How do you decide? Like, there's so many awesome Christmas songs. How do you decide? Your favorites. Yeah. Which ones you're going to do? Um, it was just ones that I already had arrangements for, I think, okay. that I've that I done in my, I look through my videos on Instagram and I'm like, okay, I've done this, 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 and this. And then, uh, cause those videos, I don't put a lot of work into, but I'll sit down for 20 minutes, learn the song and then put it up. Yeah. What? So I think I just looked through and found some that I, that I knew. What a trip to think that like you can use social media as a, uh, like a temperature gauge like that. Right. That's cool, man. It's very cool. Everybody yeah. I think people expect me to, if people are expecting me to do those Christmassy things. Cause I've just done it the last three years and now I'll have something to sell. 
also while sharing those happy Christmas carols and hopefully gives people some holiday cheer. If you need a Santa Claus, yeah. we, we actually, <laughs> well, we, I was we have Vince. We had Vince on the show during, was it, it was yeah. right as COVID was ending. Right. And, and we were joking around and I tell you like him, Nershi, I was like, you should, you, there's several Santa lookalikes, you know, I, I'm not in a band, but I was like, you should start a group called the leftover Santas. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and he could do the side part. And he cracked up and was like, Hmm, like, like oh, I'm going to think about that. Like, no, dude, you have the Santa. Well, you, he, I think you would win out of that. You look, you he actually is Canna Claus. He, um, yeah. Apple works ah. in the cannabis industry and has been Canna Claus. Yeah, I do. San- <laughs> I do Santa Claus. I do Canna Claus at, at the dispensary I worked at, and then I do Santa Claus like public library and other stuff for children. But same thing that kind of got the kibosh on it when uh, so, COVID happened. Yeah. Nobody wants to do social distance Santa, which I saw people doing, and it was like. That's just like the kid stands there, yells what he wants right. to do, and you say like, "Like no, no, that, that takes all the fun like, out cold. of it." Yeah. Cold. Yeah, no shit. Oh, I was going to ask you something about it since we're back to the cannabis industry because I was curious about that. I saw just recently found out that um, was it the company, the holding company, was doing the thorn yeah. thorn drops. I went on yeah. the checkout ordering, and I saw unfortunately like a lot of people in the cannabis industry they just ha- having a hard time competing with the big guys and they're having to close their doors yeah yeah they both got other jobs yeah That's, i mean they both of the guys that ran that business had other jobs the whole time but they were just not having the time anymore uh, to yeah. do this and they did, a, they did a beautiful letter kind of explaining yeah. everything but i i'm just curious too obviously you're a fan of the cbg cannabinoid mm-hmm. does that because yep. of the anti-inflammatory and everything does that aid in your playing and like recovery i think so i take a lot of it and it can be a really good anti-inflammatory and while cbd is kind of something that you would take for sleep i think cbg you might take to perk up instead yeah that's- which is pretty cool to have something like that that's natural and it doesn't make you jittery or anything. So that's that's what I really enjoy about CBG. Okay. And these guys had this really awesome extraction process that they had patented and stuff. So they made some great stuff. But yeah, they both have kids now and other jobs and they just decided to hang it up. Yeah, it, it's tough. Cannabis industry is very tough and takes all it takes yeah. your full concentration. Well, he, uh, your your wife worked in it, you know. She did. Yeah. She, I mean, we're pretty sure she was the first legal cannabis broker in the country because she, she was doing it in when it was a gray area and she went to the MMED to get a a card or whatever you get for brokering. And they were like, Oh, we've never given one before. Oh, wow. So uh, I think everyone doing it was just doing it illegally in the gray area that existed back then. So she, she got the first brokered license in Colorado. Whoa. And since we were the first legal state, I we're pretty sure she was the first legal um, broker. Wait, that's a cool little badge of honor to, to have. I, yeah. I saw the video on yeah. the YouTube video too. Uh, I forget the name of the song. 
Blazing New Frontiers. Yeah. That's yes. kind of it was a poem she wrote about her time in the industry. And I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. I'll turn it into a song. Great. And then the, the video is actually educational in a way because you get to go through the grow and see what they're up to and see the trimming and everything. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And you see her doing the drop at like a dispensary right. and the cat. Well done on that also. Yeah. What, what, I'm dumb. What's a broker? A broker is the person that sells between you're like hooking up the grow and the dispensary. Oh, okay. A lot of the it. time they might have a direct link to that, but a lot of the time they would be like, Oh, I need like five pounds of sativa by tomorrow or something. I don't know. She could explain it better, but that's what she did. did like you, a broker in any other industry. Growing up, I'm 51. So yeah. I, I, I grew up in the eighties, like Reagan era, just say no nightmare land. Yeah, put you in a cage it. forever for having a joint. I, we look, grew up Apple and I have been friends since we were teenagers and they put you in jail for 20 years for a roach in Nevada back then. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, I mean, I never imagined that it would be the way it is now. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so great. Isn't it the coolest yeah. shit? It's <laughs> Especially being in a band. I mean, yeah, you used to like hide weed in your underwear to go through the airport <laughs> security or something. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you'd be all sweating like, are they going to pull me over for a search? And then now oh you couldn't care less. You just throw it right in your bag. It doesn't freaking matter at all. People are vaping in the grocery store. Like I remember like having a Grateful Dead sticker on your car was a target. Yeah. You were a fucking yeah. target. You were getting pulled over. and yeah, You were definitely high if you had a Grateful Dead sticker. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, like, teeny boppers have a Grateful Dead sticker on their car. <laughs> it's crazy. You know? Yeah. And they it's couldn't, awesome. Yeah, they couldn't name a song sometimes, but bless their heart. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. Grateful Dead, bless their But heart. Grateful Dead's getting that money. Bro, yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you yeah, something, they man. Are. It's uh, that merchandise. That's a machine <laughs> happening right now. Some good merch. Wild. Like, really? I was just too, with the the cannabis thing too. That's another reason that I just really uh, Billy Strings. He, he's like the, the the next Willie Nelson in the making as far right. as a cannabis like the poster boy for cannabis. He, he's so yeah. He's so respectful of his fans and the tradition of bluegrass and like everything. And also with that, he just because of the legality, he's able to wear that now and be like, here I am puffing up, getting ready to go play an arena and I'm going to slay it. So go ahead, say something. Everybody that said a stoner was lazy. Let's go. Yeah. It's like drop the mic. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just even for everybody in their normal life, Yes. you know, when you're a parent and you you're taking your kid down to school, you know, if anybody's looking at my social media or anything, they know that we're weed smokers, yeah. but nobody cares because it's just totally accepted now. Even yeah. the teachers and anybody, you know? Yeah. It's, it's as it should have been a long time ago, man. And you yeah. know what? Weed, all it does is make things better. It makes food taste better. It makes music sound better. It makes yeah. life it, sleep my better. My favorite thing is it keeps people, oh, well, not, it, it helps people stay off of pharmas. Yeah, which yeah, is right. very important. For a long time, I thought I was just recreationally smoking cannabis until like I try to take a break and I'm like, oh shit, this is really good for my mental health. <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, this is my Xanax. It really it is, is my yes. Xanax. I don't drink alcohol. I don't, you know, but that, I definitely need that at the end of the night. Sore muscles, the whole thing. And if you haven't, um, the 
um, what's our favorite is the um, bath salts. Oh, the bath salts. Do you know about bath salts, Andy? No, I haven't heard about them in a while. But oh man, not the not the shit no, no, not the not, not no, the no, gross no, weird no, drug. Yeah, not, that. not the, the gross weird drug. The cannabis. cannabis. That's where my mind went. Yeah, no, I know. That's why I was. Tr- <laughs> no, no, not yeah, that. We're really into um, that shit. No, the cannabis bath salts. Have you? Oh, need. I haven't tried that. Oh my gosh, you and your wife need that in your life so cool. much. It is. Th- I'm not kidding you. Aaron cannot consume cannabis anymore. But that's the uh-huh. only, that's the only way that he can he can take, bathe in it he can bathe in it it is oh, it gets, wow. it gets so the high best body uh-huh. and mind uh-huh. and it, it's if you're sore after traveling the banjo all of that I'm telling you it's the best yeah. I don't I don't wow. know if you can try to find some it, if you and, see that shit in a dispensary yeah man it. they should have it on the market it's in Colorado, worth it I imagine I've had a CBD bath bomb I, I know not that, the same but I don't think THC no not the same yeah it's yeah. even like a foot soak Andy I'm just telling you it's it's worth it it's that's why I'm, 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 I'm that. that's why I'm I'm, I'm pushing it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you own stock in the company I don't own stock they will make one yeah <laughs> if you can't find it let us know yeah. yes. I'll, I'll, yeah, I bet we can make one. Yes, you that can. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yes, you can. Yes. I know you can. I have like a giant Tupperware full of weed that we've grown in the garage, so it's there perfect you for you. Absolutely making can. Add absolutely. some salts and some some. Uh, yes, little essential oils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I want very nice. I wanted to ask you before we're done about Salmon Fest, man, because that looked yeah. like it was fucking insane. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um. It was it was kind of sad to go for only 48 hours. That's that's as long as I was there this year. But God, I packed it in, rented myself a car. And when you leave Anchorage, you start driving down the Turnigan arm and the mountains are so friggin beautiful. Then you start going down the Kenai Peninsula and it's I don't even it's just the most beautiful mountain drive you've ever seen. And uh, just stopped and did a bunch of hikes. And it stays light out till 1130, maybe right now. I think there's more light if you go up to Fairbanks or something. Right. So it's real. And then the festival's way down the Kenai Peninsula near Homer. And it's such a cool place. And you're at a festival and it stays light till like 1130 at night. That's crazy. Which is just pretty crazy. Like Sierra Farrell was ending at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. And it was sunset. Wow. And we came on at maybe 11 and it was still light out. It's just, it's really, that makes it a really unique festival. Just wow. that. And the talent they bring in, they bring in incredible bands and all the people and just the whole experience of being in Alaska, going to a festival, eating smoked salmon. They have like smoked salmon contests. Oh man. We totally legal there. They're, they like, we're giving it to the musicians. So that was no worry. <laughs> What? It was very, very cool. That that's that sounds awesome. like heaven. Yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite foods on earth is salmon. So I yeah. oh my Apple god, you guys should absolutely go. Yeah, you know what? It's the, just a fun trip to be a tourist, go to the festival, do some of the other things you can do. Well, we've never been invited before, so yeah, hey, we gotta go up. Now, check it out for next it year. Yeah, it's. I a, hope we get to go back. Yeah, it's so dude, fun. The pictures that I saw that you were posting and and other bands like holy shit those vistas and just the it, it it's countryside that just doesn't it, it's not spoiled by anything it's just right pristine everywhere yeah it's, it's it just amazing. hasn't been gentrified right really like all other beautiful places in the country have i feel like 
Mm-hmm. But there's really not crazy amounts of rich people up there at all. I'm sure there are little pockets of that, but most of the places you go, I think they're pretty affordable and regular people can live there. Wow. If you can handle the winters, you know. That's yeah. True. That that's what I've heard from a few I know a few people that have lived there, like like Nate Nate oh, yeah, that I yeah, know yeah. used to live there. And he's he's all it's beautiful. Like they call it like the last frontier. And he's also right. He's all you want to talk about, you know, because they always say keep Portland weird and stuff. He's all Alaska will always be weird because it's it doesn't attract there's not a bunch of people that are wanting to move there and put in Starbucks and build a big neighborhood. It's a certain kind, a certain cut of people that will always yeah. live in Alaska that are amazing. Yeah. In the winter, you're only getting a few hours of daylight, you know, I'd be at bad. the winter solstice. We always play at a ski area in Girdwood in January, which that's one of my other favorite gigs we do every year. And it's light for, it's light from like 1030 to 430. That's, you know, that's it. Wow. And you, yeah, the li- the ski lifts don't even open until 1030. So it's kind of nice. You're in no rush to go out there if it's a powder day. You know, that's cool, the lifts man. aren't running anyway. I, yeah, we got to go. Yeah. yeah oh, I love coming to Girdwood for a gig at Alieska is very, very cool. Man, you've got to see a lot of shit. Yeah, you Just have. from plucking the banjo, brother. That's. I have. That's I also make a point to when I'm traveling to get out and see a lot of shit. That's awesome. Because a lot of people don't there, you know, they hang out in their hotel, they hang out on the bus, but uh, I'm always out adventuring because that's what I love about being in a band. Hell yeah. I mean, you get to go, even if I'm in Ohio, I'm going to find something to fucking do. Yeah. You know, we were in, I went to the Barbie movie in Ohio because I was like, (laughs) I'm not just going to sit around the hotel room all day (laughs) and it's 95 degrees outside. So. Okay. You brought it up. I went and saw it. They have not yet. What do you think? Barbie movie. It was beyond any expectation I could have. It was hilarious. It was awesome. All right. Take a mushroom pill and go to the Barbie movie. I mean, that's a great day. Okay. You heard yeah. it. All right. Date night, baby. Yeah. Come on. Come on. That's how I would go see that movie. Right on, man. Uh, uh, what a fun time. Brother, I just want to say thanks for, for the music. And, yes. Uh, yes. Thanks for hanging out with us the night before you're going on tour in Europe, man. Thank you. I really appreciate, appreciate it. That. We'll see how we do. Yeah. Taking a two-year-old on a flight to Europe. So I might not think that's very funny, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it goes. Barry's going to do great. Benadryl. No. <laughs> that doesn't work. We've tried it. It doesn't work for this crazy, crazy boy we've raised. Oh, shit. That was my, that was my go-to on the long Okay, well, last question. What are you most excited to teach Barry when he starts to, like, really talk and walk and, like, I know he's walking and stuff, and but you know what I mean? Like, when he can grasp something. Um. I can't wait till he can go skiing with me. That's, that's one of the things I kind of miss most about being a dad. It's not an activity you can do with the baby at all. You just can't, you can take turns in the, uh, in the lodge or something. But like, once we can all be skiing together, that's going to be really, really cool. Little skiing family. Right on. Right on. All right, brother. Well, good luck out there. Thanks and for good luck time. on the flight. Yes. Thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah, man. Have a great it. time in man. Europe. We'll talk to you soon, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was sweet. That's a good cat right there. Well, that, that, that's a, all he did was smile. That's yeah. the Every, only, everything like, you see him doing, he's smiling. He seems like one of the happiest people 
on the planet. And after talking, <laughs> taking I, advantage of every moment like that, you hear that a lot with bands that aren't taking advantage of the cities they're in. There was a lot of inspirational things that came from what he said, but his face was the most inspirational. <laughs> I, could, I mean it. I could see how it would be easy if you were in a band to like just go from city to city and crash after yeah, the be, show be tired be in your shitty hotel tired. room and then get back on in the van or on the bus and go and the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And pretty soon tour is over and you saw 17 gas stations. Yeah. And, and you nine don't remember what ends. city was and what. And then you kind of get jaded on the road and, and the country because yeah. you're not seeing anything cool. You're seeing shit gas stations and they stink Stuckies. and they're they look like the same one from toledo from freaking north carolina to wherever you yeah. know and to that, be that able to go to get weird it would get weird like oh you see band we've all seen that bands in the pet like don't even know it so they're like hey detroit and it's like we're in chicago but if it's you like, stopped whoops. and went to the city center and like had pizza in the freaking, you, you know, know where you are. Yeah, you know you're, you're, where you're at. That's one that, thing I've always <laughs> appreciated about Fish, about Mike Gordon, is that a lot of times when they're doing tour, he's out like finding a coffee shop and posting going to that coffee shop in the city, at least like having the opportunity to go be in the city a little grab bit. Grab something. Yeah. To, yeah. Well, and to me, that would help keep the timeline straight. Like, I know if. I was in a band, or when No Simple Roads on on the road, I would be picking a restaurant at every. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have would. a timeline in my head of restaurants of every place we went to. That was that Chinese place. Yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. yeah. Do you remember when we were in Philly? Oh yeah, that was Gino's Steak. It, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a. It's always a trip to meet somebody that you know from social media. Because you kind of know that, the, and like. He's always happy. Mm -hmm. Like, well, li listen to his life that he just told us. He travels around. He has his met the love of his life. He's a dad at 40, been around the world in his, the bands that he was looking up to his entire life. Killing it. Played his, in, the, his, the band, he found the banjo is like, he has kind of taken every turn in the, that he possibly could mm -hmm. yeah for the better and then thank you to chris pandolfi once again yeah. right Panda. shout Killing out it. chris if you guys wow. haven't listened to inside the musician's brain inside, you, do that. you know what listen to the allison brown episode and then listen to the mike gordon episode i did it in reverse i recommend you do it in either fashion but those two specific episodes are incredible and chris pandolfi is a wizard. He's a ninja. And he's going to be appearing live at Ophelia's That's Electric right. Soapbox on August 30th with No Simple Road. That's right. As for a live Get your podcast. tickets Get because your tickets they now. are slim. Yeah. Go to nosimpleroad.com or Ophelia's and uh, get yourself some tickets. Huh? Oh, yeah, huh? Mel just told me something. We we're going to have to erase this. No, we're not going to erase it. I'm just going to leave it. Yeah, we forget sometimes. That was great for Chris to appear with us at Ophelia's. <laughs> Amazing like time that? was had was by fun. all. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. I, I think it went great. 
How do you think it went? I think it was amazing. Apple, how Better do you than feel I expected. Like it, went? it was amazing when Andy came out on stage with the fucking Mayor McCheese fucking head. And went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that it was fake just news, like, Fake news. Fake yeah, news. Yeah, they'll put that out there. All straight right. up stolen from a McDonald's and has been sledded on and chucked. So, so I'm picturing that this wasn't like a costume. That This was from the playground. It's a giant those heavy like giant, fiberglass it's, it's big. yeah it's like a, a giant ufo fiberglass fiber head. okay i remember those like oh my god you stole the fiberglass head from the playground and i'm wondering what the circumstances were under which the head was stolen Div- from they created McDonald's. a diversion huh. should we start with start a new investigations by no simple yeah. road we're gonna delve into these I'm weird gonna, band antics no i'm gonna just go out on a limb and blame Vince for that. I think it was most likely Vince Herman that instigated the whole thing. Okay. And yeah, that's, that's fair. If I'm wrong, oh well. No oh, one will ever he's know. He's very, cra- he's very crafty looking. That's true. Uh, hey, everybody. We love you. We do love you. And uh, we'll be back next week with more stuff and things. We'll be back on Monday with the No Simple Road Weekly Rewind. And uh, in the and- meanwhile, listen to some Andy Thorne. Yeah. And uh, take care of each other. Smile is stranger safety third. Hydrate. Who's got our SOs? And uh, like Mel said, listen to Sandy Thorne. And it, there's a lot to listen to. The holidays are right around the corner. Peace. With the Christmas album. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.